ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Wrestling Art with Chris Things. Do the hammer lock. of wrestling art with chris things i am your host chris things brian uh i'm an art dude i'm a i'm a wrestling dude i'm a i'm a life dude but uh this is the show about the wrestling art and this one specifically is a match of the week edition where i pick what would be my favorite match of the week I do an art about it and then we talk about it. So this works out quite well because it ends up being a match that I really like. So I'm not talking about something that was just kind of meh, you know, generally quite good. And um, I don't know, I guess with the wrestling things, I have a, a bit of a, a varied taste. So we change it up a, a fair bit. But this week is quite a good one because we've got a, a tremendous match from 1992 the great tag team of Bam Bam Bigelow and Vader. Big Van Vader uh, against the duo of Keiji Muto and Hiroshi Hase. And this is uh, just one of the greatest matches I ever did see. One of the most enjoyable things. I've got my dear friend, Mr. James Vanderbeek, on to talk about that. But we'll talk about that a little bit. And this little start thing is uh, what's, what's kind of come to be known. As my, my little thing, I don't know if it's come to be known, but it's just the part where I talk to you, really. I just talk a little bit about what I've been going on, what I've had going on, my art stuff, you know. Uh, so, you know, a lot of the time, um, that might not be too exciting, you know. This week I've just been working on a, a bit of uh, commission stuff. I had uh, some, some awesome commission things come on in again. Uh, I think I mentioned last week, I've got to keep a little bit hush-hush about that stuff till it officially comes out. But I'm working, I'm grinding, I'm getting the things done. Um, and then, you know, I have uh, some other things where, you know, people buy things. Um, you know, I've got... Uh, the prints that I'm, I'm putting up all the time, so I'm fulfilling those orders. Um, but one of the things that I'm really focusing on at the moment, which I mentioned last week, is the the new book. So and the the lead up to the um the the sequel to Way of the Blade, the the AEW edition of that book. I'm looking back um each week on the previous uh you know, initial Way of the Blade book, which again, uh, I mean, perhaps some of you, that's what you originally heard of uh, of myself. But, you know, uh, so this week I, I, you know, shared another match that I really, really loved, um, the Prinsky of uh, the, the famed I Quit Steel Cage match uh, between Tully Blanchard and Magnum TA. And my word, that is a great match, but... Um, I thought it was a really fun illustration as well, sort of really capturing that that sheer violence um, of the the whole situation and the the you know spike uh, the blood the all of the things the cheeky mullet of Tully Blanchard. I thought that was pretty awesome, and also the beautiful moustache of Magnum T A. You know, it's a it's a 
all-time moustache mower combo right there. Um, but yeah, I mean, that original book, um, as I mentioned last week, quite a, um, quite a commitment in terms of doing 100 illustrations, and I can't even remember how long it took me. I want to say it was maybe four to six months maybe a little bit longer but you know I was working a full-time job at that same time uh but man it was such a funny thing because you go through waves right when you're doing something like that that you it's it's a passion project obviously um so when you're doing something like that you go through waves of uh, of being really excited about it and then you know just by the nature of a, a job that's that that big you also go through waves of times when you're like, all right, this is this is getting a little bit old, right? Which I hate to even admit, you know, now when I look back at it, to even think that something that, you know, honestly, I think was such a cool thing that I got to do. Um, and it was such an amazing growth experience for me uh, again, but, you know, I don't want to look back at that and, and think that, you know, that part of it, was a not so great experience to do. I feel like I should be grateful for for even getting that. Um, but I think there's a reality to that when you're you're plugging away at something, a big project like that. You are gonna have some moments where you're a little bit like, man, I uh feel like, you know, <laughs> drawing something else. Um, but I'd always come back to just loving it again. And the coolest part was that I was gone through this list of matches. Um, so uh, the author of the the book, Phil Schneider, uh, just just an amazing mind uh, for curating wrestling. I think. Um, you know, I've been a big fan of that dude for a long time, going back to the Death Valley Driver days and um, you know, Segunda Caída, uh, and then even back to the Schneider comp tapes. <laughs> But um, so he basically sent me a list of his favorite bloody wrestling matches. And then I'd go through and I'd watch these matches and then I'd, you know, work out what was going to be my favorite moment of that match to to illustrate, I guess, to, to represent the match. So in some ways there was, you know, a lot of pressure for, for certain matches because you really want to deliver, especially some of the big, more famous kind of matches. You know, kind of like this this uh, I quit uh, steel cage one that we're talking about because everyone's you know known about that it's on a lot of people's list of the greatest cage match of all time um but you know you you also sort of go through some matches that you've never actually even known about and there's some really nice surprises throughout that and I think it was those surprises that kind of kept me coming back to being like man this is so cool you know, watching a, a, a weird uh, match from, like, IWRG in Mexico um, or uh, some 80s uh, match with uh, MS1 uh, that uh, I watched a, a million years ago and, and kind of forgot how how great it was, you know, Sangre Chicano as well. Um, you know, that the stuff that keeps you coming back and be like, man, I fucking love this. You know, and and I'm still like that. You know, even with this match of the week thing that I'm doing right now, um, you know, try to always be grateful. I guess that's where this rambling rant was going, and uh, that's 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 sort of it. I think.
let's just try to see the positives in sometimes uh, you know a challenging situation. Let's just try to see the positives there. It's always fun to be had. All right, that's my Chris. Chris thinks moment of Zen wisdom. I don't know, but uh, let's let's throw over to Chris in the studio for our match of the week. Okay, here we go. I have a gentleman on the line once again. Uh, Maybe a familiar voice for for listeners of the show now. My former esteemed co-host from the Grown Men Watch This Shit podcast. Prestigious Grown Men Watch This Shit podcast, might I say. Uh, Also, my dear friend, Jeremy, but known to the greater world as Mr. James Vanderbeek. Welcome to the show, bud. Thanks, pal. Uh, yeah, I'm very gentlemanly. I'm also hopped up on painkillers right now, so uh, you know, bear with us, people. Here, it might get a little weird. Yeah. Thanks for having me, guy. Oh, dude, you're welcome. You're welcome. I'm I'm actually quite excited about the possibility of uh, of just to going off the rails with uh, with the painkillers. Let's see how we go. Yeah, it might get us cancelled. <laughs> We'll see, we'll see. So uh, the, the, the backstory to this, you told me the other day you um, had a, a dental procedure done, is that right? Indeed. Uh, so I went to the dentist uh, a year ago and no, they noticed some of my gums in a certain area were you know, decaying a little bit quicker than they like to see. And they asked me if I want to do surgery then, and I'm like, I can't really afford it, so let me think on that and then went in to go appointment the other day and they're like you know this is getting like a situation where you may want to pull the trigger uh otherwise you might lose that tooth and it's a tooth right right in the front up top one of the two my showing teeth my my fancy teeth the ones i go around and show everybody you're Um, going out teeth my going out teeth the ones where i won't look like you know bam bam bigelow but it's a tooth in the front <laughs> ironically enough you could you could join quite a quite a popular or famous wrestling group there without the the front teeth between uh foley and mark briscoe uh, as you said bam bam there who else we got my stepmom Ooh. but she's not a wrestler but she is missing her front tooth so anyway yeah i didn't want to be white trashy or er than i already am um so yeah when i got the surgery it hurts like the dickens not right now though and it's causing me to lisp more than i normally do so i sound probably fairly silly um but the worst part about it dude they told me i couldn't smoke weed for two weeks and that's like my thing um so so you told me this and i I thought that quite peculiar i'm like Mm -hmm. why why is that a thing? Is it is it a thing where the the weed mixes with the painkillers and that's bad bad business or what? Um, with most dental procedures, they don't want you smoking because it creates suction in your mouth and that can mess with the sutures. And for instances that people who have root canals, it can create dry socket, which is really bad. And my you know tooth would not heal properly and be kind of a dumb thing to do after paying to save the tooth and then fucking up making me almost definitely lose it you know what i mean yeah we don't want that we don't want that no man i'm learning things so yeah 
If I had not gotten the surgery, it's pretty much guaranteed in the next couple of years that tooth would have fallen out. By getting the surgery, I have a fighting chance to keep this tooth, which what I what I want. Dental implants are expensive, so this was a cheaper route to go. It was like in-house procedure. They just brought me in, cut my gums open, cleaned out an area, Ugh. packed it full of some stuff, and then re-stitched me up. When I came to, well, I never, I wasn't out, but when they were done, I was sitting up. It felt like I was in somebody else's mouth because the entire thing was so numb. It was really, really ridiculous. <laughs> I uh, wait, was wait, wait, trying wait, to. Hang on. So you, you felt yeah. like you were in someone else's mouth. It's like, like so you're in almost like, like, like a tripping experience not in their mouth. where the dental like... studio is a mouth? No, I'm sorry. Like I said, I'll sound really stupid with all these painkillers. I meant my no, no, mouth no, no. was not I, my I own. I things very literally. Yes, okay. indeed. I felt my mouth was not my own, my friend. I couldn't feel any of it. The entire thing. It was, it was wild, and I had to drive home. And yeah. Oh, that doesn't sound advisable. Well, I was. I never went under. It was just the, a local anesthetic, but my entire mouth and face was numb. Right. I, I looked so stupid drooling a little bit but yeah all is done now and hopefully this will heal up i go back in two weeks for them to check it out and i bought a bunch of edibles to hopefully tide me over in the meantime oh, yeah. and i get to eat soft things like mashed potatoes and macaroni and they said ice cream but that sounds like it might hurt my tooth but yeah that sounds that sounds good that sounds good yeah i um on the the edibles i for some reason i thought I don't know. That, just the idea of edibles disappeared to me, so I was thinking you'd have to be on the, the straight and narrow there for a little while, but no, that, that sounds much better. What is your preference when it comes to edibles these days? I don't really do them typically. The problem is I'm a big guy and I'm such a regular smoker. They don't really do much. They don't do a whole lot of damage for me. So I've like got these little sodas which are 100 milligrams, so I'm drinking them in I'm doing about half and getting a slight buzz. If I drink the whole thing, I don't want to be dumb in case something happens. But I've like pounded 100 milligrams on other podcasts just to sit and talk and got super stoned. Honestly, my tolerance level is shit. This might help me out a little bit, not smoking for two weeks. Yeah, I'd be interested to hear when you're finally able to get back on it, whether you uh, feel feel like a um, I'm flying, Madonna man. very first time kind of situation. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yes, indeedy. <laughs> yeah, that sounds that sounds good. I um, I it's funny you say the edibles because uh, we made our own um, cookies for the first time the other the other week. Um, we're going to like a, a Pink Floyd show at the um the planetarium, um, and I was like, you know what? I feel like we could just why don't we just make some some um. Kind of like brownies, but uh, blondies, if you're familiar, because I'm allergic to chocolate. Sure. So we did them like a white chocolate macadamia kind of thing. And my gosh, they came out so delicious. Um, and just at the right level to where it, it's always tricky for me with edibles because they're so delicious. You just want to eat more. Yeah. And then I don't have the problem, like you're saying, where you you know have a big tolerance. So I, I got... You know, I get pretty fucked up if I have too many. So that's that's the thing. But it was delightful. Um, I actually we had them when we're going to see the the Iron Claw, the advanced screening over the weekend. What? Um, not that that would necessarily be somewhere that some like a situation that I would suggest you want to trip. Yeah. For. <laughs> I'm so tripping. This is so sad. 
the last movie that I had edibles for, get this, no joke, was Oppenheimer. What? That, that, actually, that'd be good, though. <laughs> two of the most... The visuals... That was actually Yeah, the visuals would be right. Yeah, two of the most depressing movies. But yeah, sad yeah, as shit. Yeah. But um, no, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't a high uh, amount for the Iron Claw. It was just enough to sort of get you a bit more immersed in the story, I thought. Um, and yeah, I just, I just thought it was a bloody tremendous, uh, fantastic movie. Um, I, I look forward to when, when you get to, to see it, uh, look forward to, to your thoughts. I won't, um, won't spoil anything, but I mean, I've assumed you're, you know, pretty, pretty close to the story as well. Yeah. I know, the, I know the majority of it and I know they changed some of it, but watching it actually, uh, act it out is going to be a whole different thing than just, you know, oh, that's sad, but oh, here's a guy conveying those emotions for me directly. I'm like, oh my God, this hit me hard. Yeah, I'm not looking forward to being crying in the theater, so I was waiting for it to come out. Maybe somebody will download it. But real quick, uh, how what was your means of adding the marijuana to the cookies? Did you make butter or did you buy some distillate capsules and pour it in there how, how did you go about it i did it the old school way my friend i made my own um can of butter so did the oh, whole nice. um you know basically making like a a tea bag that you're then uh, steeping in the butter for we went the, the full six hours um and yeah i i think it was it was perfect wouldn't change a thing wow. hell yeah, yeah. And I love that it has like a little, you know, sometimes edibles have just like a little taste of, of the weed um, and, but like not in a bad way. It sort of goes with the flavors that you're eating. So it had a bit of a, a herbaceous kind of a thing going on. Big fan. Delicious. I made some uh, snickerdoodles the other day and they sell capsules of edible thc they come in 100 milligram capsules and i actually got some 200 milligram capsules the other day where i just poured it in the dough but i had no way of determining how much got into each cookie so it's kind of like a russian roulette of which cookies was going to be the most potent because like as soon as i poured the stuff in it was pretty much gone dry ass batter so oh. Who knows? It, I could have got hit with just one cookie with all 300 milligrams. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah. Oh, man. But no, um, uh, the the movie, uh, again, I won't get into too much specifics, but there's there's some things where I think with the, the general duration, it was like, you know, around about a two-hour movie, I think, um, where if there was more time, if we were talking about this being like a Oppenheimer kind of runtime or like a you know Kills of the Flower Moon kind of runtime, I think there could have been a lot more interesting stuff they could have done with getting a bit more into like Kerry's story. Um, Maybe not obvious. eliminating a, an entire brother from the that movie. Was, that was the other thing. Um, I mean, I I understand that. I mean, uh, so. Uh, Chris Chris von Erich is the the one that gets um gets outskied. It's just bizarre to like just <laughs> you could just not touch base with him very much. You didn't have to eliminate him from the story entirely. I mean, he is like you know from the real story, he is like a key component of it. So if you were gonna have him in there, you'd have to sort of like you know have him as a significant part. And again, I don't know whether it was just a decision, a creative decision that was made due to the fact that if you got a, you know that shorter runtime, you can only focus on so many characters, yeah. or whether there was part of it where they're like, 
All right, general moviegoers who don't know this story are just going to think it's ridiculous once we get to like a whole <laughs> last another brother killing himself. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. Like, this is too unbelievable and it's real. <laughs> no one will believe it. Yeah, but I mean, so yeah, in perfect world, this would have been a, a two hour, 45 minute movie and we would have been able to have a bit more of like, you know, Kerry's kind of story a bit you know uh, had Chris in it and um but like they sort of in a way merged Chris's character a little bit in with Mike um I mean they're both kind of similar uh, in them both sort of not being good enough not being you know um having the the attributes that the the other brothers had but no super super interesting movie and and overall the biggest thought that I had was that um for for the main things that they did focus on, they made the right calls. And I think they told the right story. Um, and I think they, they did right by Kevin. Um, and if anything, the big thing I remember hearing out of it, like the one thing I heard of um, Kevin's, um, you know, what his actual thoughts were from seeing the movie was that he like told reporters or whatever that he thought they did go a bit hard on his dad, um, on Fritz. Mm. And if anything, from some of the stories that I've heard about uh, Fritz and different documentaries and and things that I've read about the real story, if anything, this book, I mean, this movie probably goes uh, a bit bit easy on him. So, I mean, that was kind of like... Wasn't that almost just kidding that Kevin still defending his dad to this day? I mean, isn't it such a weird thing? I mean, I understand it. Like, it's kind of like heartwarming and also like... yeah and weird at the same time too and i mean i also get it from like you could have your own personal thoughts and feelings on your dad but you'd feel quite different about those you know being broadcast in a movie to the entire world um so yeah it's a it's a bit of a tricky one but no i'm I'm super excited to see what you think about it and i um yeah i I went with my uh, partner kaylin and and she you know not the biggest fan of wrestling but she loved it she thought it was awesome yeah my uh Alicia, my lady friend, her brother came over with his girlfriend the other day, and she said, yeah, we went and saw the Iron Claw, and I'm like, oh, how are you feeling? And she's (laughs) like, I really love the movie, and apparently she did do a little bit of research before she went, so she kind of had a little bit of information before she went in. I'm like, that's probably smart. Otherwise, you're just going to show up unaware and just like, what is this snuff movie? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, Caitlin was the same. She, like, knew this story from me, um, you know, going on about it a, a bunch of times beforehand. Uh, but still, she was, like, I think it somehow was more sad than she was expecting. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, just really good. I, I think it was a fantastic movie. And the stuff I've heard from Zac Efron, he has a total respect for professional wrestling at this point, mm. which you would hope so. And then he... It was awesome. He's like, and then uh, to learn from Chavo, one of the greatest to ever do it. I'm like, yeah, he, Chavo definitely instilled something in him. I mean, I'm not that saying... Chavo's bad by any means. I'm not saying that at all, but to call, describe him as one of the greatest to ever do it is pretty awesome. Yeah. I mean, you could say that about his dad, Chavo, Chavo Sr. Was and you can say fantastic. that guaranteed about his uncle. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. About his, yeah. his granddad. Um, yeah, but I don't know, I don't know about Chav, Chavito uh, being in that conversation, but it's, it's nice. I've heard some 
I've heard some teas that maybe they may be looking into doing another wrestling movie with the Guerrero family. So I don't know if that was just rumor, but that would be so good. Even though Eddie's story is sad, it would still be, it'd be great. Yeah. And I just wonder how they would touch uh, the Benoit story within that. Like would Chris be a character and then they uh, maybe, yeah, exactly. And elude. (laughs) That'd be so funny. They show a picture of him, like just looking all, (laughs) it's like sneaky and like underhanded, like, they're planting seeds and foreshadowing what Chris would later go on to do. <laughs> I mean, I guess, yeah, it depends how you do the movie. Like, if you end it at the bit where Eddie dies, um, then obviously, you know, you don't have to go into the yeah. the, the things. But it'd be hilarious if they, they just terribly, like, had Chris Benoit saying, you know what I do? I just love my family, and I would never, ever do anything to hurt them. Guaranteed. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> That's so terrible. Oh man, but I, I do think there's something super interesting in the idea of a, a Guerrero family movie. For sure, um, hell yeah. Because yeah, between like the the uh, Chavo and um, Hector as a, a tag team, um, and like Chavo's stuff in in the LA territory, and like then obviously Gory Guerrero being one of the you know uh, most famous names in the the history of Mexican wrestling. Like I think there's so much interesting stuff there, and like. The idea of how much pressure or that family alone transitioning transitioning to american wrestling instead of just mexican wrestling like that's a story alone that's tremendous yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure i think that'd be super interesting but uh yeah that's, that's our little movie talk for the <laughs> movies for the <laughs> movies wrestling movie talk <laughs> well we'll we'll brainstorm we'll, we'll come up with a better jingle for that yeah that jingle's not great yeah it could do with with some love i think well bumping up punching up you know yeah so anyways you hit me up to a couple days ago maybe last week and you're like the match of the week one i'm pretty sure you're gonna like and i go <laughs> oh yeah and boy were you right <laughs> i um thank you thank you my friend i was i felt a little bit after sending you that because i had a feeling that you'd, you'd dig the the illustration um and and the match of course uh but after i sent it i was like oh this is this is being a little bit um you know assuming here i'm, I'm basically <laughs> telling someone they're gonna like this creative thing that i did um but no, I was pleased that we you said that I was right. Yeah, indeed. <laughs> no, I, I was mainly um, the first thought was I know we'd talked about in the past about you know eventually doing a you know a, a Bama match. Um, so knowing that this this Bam Bam match finally had made the history books of the the match of the week, that was the main thing. But. Mm. Um, Outside of that, I think for the illustration itself, I just love the the sheer girth of it. Um, you know, between like Bam Bam and like Vader coming off the top, just like so much girth in one picture. I, I'm quite um quite proud of that. Yeah, it's awesome. Uh, 
that particular shot within the match is like it just pops up suddenly but it's so striking and it like captures the entire screen like yeah it's really really well shot like you don't see outside of what uh vader's standing on none of the ring ropes like blocking anything so yeah it's really tremendous thank you yeah it was a tricky one because as we're going to talk about um you know this match this uh amazing uh bam bam bigelow and big van vader uh, against uh, Hiroshi Hase and, and Keiji Muto. Bam Bam and Vader, collectively known as Big Bad Dangerous, I believe. Which How is incredible awesome a name fuck. is that, man? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, if you were going to put on, like, all of the, the the greatest tag team names of all time, that is that is definitely, definitely up there, right? 100%. Man, but uh, so this this bout took place in uh, the, the 1st of March 1992 at New Japan's Big Fight Series 1992. Day one, New Japan Pro Wrestling 20th anniversary show, special event, second Super Warriors in Yokohama Arena. A slight mouthful of a show title, but I, I love it. I love it. A young 11-year-old Jeremy Tate was not even aware that Japanese wrestling exists, and Bam Bam Bigelow was over there doing it. And an eight-year-old Chris was uh, at home, probably enjoying. Uh, I don't know. With Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles still big at this time? Uh, I would have to think so. When have they not been huge, friend? Yeah, yeah. Big, big special part of my childhood, right there. Um, but, uh, this, so this was, like, watching it going in, um, Muto and Hase are the, the champs, they're the IWGP heavyweight tag champs at the time, and we have this, these plucky challenges in <laughs> Big, Big Bad and Dangerous. Oh my goodness, the, the way they, the song they come out to, I don't know what it is, but I want it, I gotta find it, cause... I think I need to enter to it because it's Isn't fucking it ripped. The most badass, like, and the more you listen to it, the better it gets. Because I was just yeah. watch, rewatching the match today to, to get it a bit more fresh in my brain. Um, and this version that we watched uh, was on uh, archive.org and it actually has the full entrances intact, which when you watch a lot of this old New Japan stuff, and especially if you'd ever watch any of the New Japan World stuff, they criminally cut out the entrances. I'm assuming for, you know, copyright reasons or, or what have you. Um, of course. But, like, this was such a treat, just getting to see the entrances intact, in hearing this incredible music. It was, like, such a just visually, um, I don't know, cinematic kind of thing, like, in them coming out to this big, massive arena and just between Vader and, and Bam Bam and all of their, like, preening to the crowd and shit. And then when um, Muto and Hase come out to also, I, I'm not going to say equally, but almost as fantastic theme music, just, like, so quintessentially, like, early 90s Japanese wrestling, uh, just looking like just the, the most, uh, I don't know, just the perfect baby faces, I want to say. Young, upbeat. They're ripped. They're ready to go. They're facing two giant guys. Yeah, when Vader and Bam Bam came out originally, like they're together, and then they kind of separate and go their own ways after Vader rips up a rips a guardrail out of the floor, <laughs> <laughs> and then they come back and around. And Vader uh, before... just goes on to like walk 
all around the crowd. It's like he's yeah, just yeah. storming around the entire building. Bam Bam was like at one point just staring in the camera, making this crazy, weird smile like, I'm lunatic, Bam Bam. Watch out, here I come. <laughs> <laughs> there's, like Speaking of that cinematic thing, there's a bit when um, Hase and, and Muto come out where uh, Hase's like coming into the ring and he does that like real great baby face like, climb up on over the top rope kind of thing and he stops pauses for a moment when he's got a foot on the top rope and he like whips his shirt off just you know pops it off and just like wings it into the crowd so like quickly and seamlessly and with just the camera shot and the lighting and everything i'm just like that was one of the coolest things i've ever seen and all he did was pop his top off and throw it into the crowd (laughs) muda was wearing a sick shirt it was like uh it was him but he had like Sting style face paint on. And then he also, there was like another version of him standing there wearing all the crazy robes that he like would later wear on. I, I, the shirt was rad as fuck. I couldn't take my eyes off it. I want, I want it. Bootleg it, somebody. All of the merch design from this era was like so badass, man. Like so much of this shit could be like brought back and like jacked and like some bootlegger uh sort of merch thing uh hinting. that's what i'm talking about <laughs> yeah please um but dude then um did you spot who was one of the ring attendants for this match that caught my eye uh with uh with vader and bam bam or uh, with Hase I, and mudo i think i noticed with perhaps with both kind of like you know the young boy thing where they're just directing both guys where to go to get to the there ring was some guy I, I i thought i recognized but i i the name escapes me who who did you see that maybe i it's saw the same. none other than two cold scorpio that's who i thought it was was it him yeah, yeah, because this was oh. when he was in the he was a young lion, and this is where he came up in the the New Japan Dojo system. Um, His face wasn't as puffy. As, he was he was young and looking. Yeah, that's awesome. That totally was. I'm like, I recognize this motherfucker. Who the hell is he? Yeah, right before he has that awesome run in um in WCW, just like breaking out shit that no one's ever seen before. Those amazing music videos. Oh man, oh. I could go down a whole thing of how much I love Two Cold Scorpio. But Dude, that the is, WCW that's music video is the best. Yeah, we can cover that for a whole half hour. It's incredible. <laughs> Definitely have a um a Two Cold match of the week in in the near future, so we can we can tick that off as well. Uh, but man, you mentioning about that like camera work of this like era of New Japan, it's just it can't be touched. There's a bit where like a prolonged long shot. When they're sort of like getting ready to, you know, for the bell to, to ring kind of thing. And they're like, you know, doing their stretches and stuff. And then finally the bell rings. And then because you've been waiting on this long shot so long, when they finally do the dramatic zoom in after the ring bell, it has like so much of an effect. And I'm just like, fuck yeah, I'm, I'm amped <laughs> for this match. <laughs> Hell yeah. For sure, for sure. Uh, one thing I noticed in this is the... Once I actually started getting it on, the match, the ring does not fucking budge an inch, dude. Like, Ooh. not at all. And they're not like Vader's power bombs and stuff. He's not like pulling this stuff. He's planting them <laughs> into the fucking mat. <laughs> it's it's you fucking can say gnarly. That again. <laughs> yeah, it's fucking crazy. And I also, uh, before they started out, I love that Bam Bam uh, did a cartwheel before he even started fighting, and it really popped the crowd. They really got excited for that first cartwheel. I love. Bam Bam's cartwheels, like, so much. <laughs> like, he looks so happy with himself after he does it, too. 
Yeah. But, I mean, that's a big boy doing a cartwheel. Indeed. So one of the first things that really captured my imagination as this match got underway, Bam Bam got the better of it, and he did. I don't know if you have this in your notes, but... I, I don't know if I've seen him do this before, but this was incredible. This amazing sloppy as fuck body splash mm. from the mm-hmm. apron. I have it written down. <laughs> over the rope into like a, a body press on his opponent. And it was like fucking amazing. I, I loved it so much. The way he landed, it almost felt like the ropes fell down behind him because he went straight down and you would think his legs would have stayed up a little bit, but no, he went straight down flat. And the best part of the setup to that is he got like uh, pushed over the ropes and his belly got stuck on the top rope and he barely made it over. And then he did this splash, but it was all so seamless. It was like, well, that was all planned. He's just a big fucking dude. It was great. He just kind of like flops on him. But with, yep. like, so much impact. <laughs> just, just splat. Just yeah. splat. Kind of yeah. like, you ever see Vader's one where he does sort of um backwards, where he sort of, like, goes from the apron back into the ring and, like, does this really sloppy, like, backflip onto the dude? It was kind of oh, like Oh, yeah, that. yeah, yeah. Yeah, what's his name? Uh, is it Roblox? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, Roblox did that. I think that was Roblox's finish. <laughs> <laughs> your, your homes to, to roadblock respect. Hell yeah, man. One of the there. dopest jobbers of all time. Absolutely. Um, now, I also, as soon as, so we had this great start bit with, I think it was um, Bama and, uh, and, and Muto, but then as soon as like Vader and Hase get in the ring and just kind of like face off, I was like, you knew shit was on. Like there was a moment there, and you're like, "Man, this is gonna be so good." Yeah, Vader for a while was just beating, beating the shit out of him. Uh, but the the uh, there was a belly to belly spot. I think no belly to back. Where again, the ring did not move at all. And then when Hase was fired up and beating the shit out of him, he just kept yelling repeatedly, you son of a bitch! Oh, man. You Sorry. son of a bitch! You son of a bitch! <laughs> so, like, he said it so at least great. 30 times. <laughs> so great. Uh, yeah. yeah, I had I had some notes about this too. But before that, there was like just this great bit where when Vader starts to get on top of um, Hase, he just starts repeatedly headbutting him. While he's, mm. like, on the ground, he just grabs his head and he's just, like, headbutt, headbutt, headbutt. Yep. Just, like, so nasty. But then, yeah, there, there's comes this amazing exchange of strikes that you're talking about um, where, you know, Vader's doing his, like, clubs and everything and Hase bows back up to him. And then, like, Hase gets in with this one of the most impressive overhead belly-to-belly suplexes that I've ever seen in my life. Like, 100%. Just a dude, like, that's the thing about Hase. He is, like, picture, like, he's like one of the greatest baby faces I've ever seen, but also, like, just probably the greatest professional wrestling suplexer that I've ever seen. Um, I'd say potentially even even more so than the human suplex machine, but just envision, envision kind of like, to me, the magic of Hase is he's, like, Japanese Ricky the Dragon steamboat who just is a fucking master of all of the suplexes. But yeah, he gets fucking Vader up in this, like, overhead belly-to-belly, 
and just fucking launches him, dude. And I was shocked. It was incredible. And then that series of slaps from Arce that you're talking about. <laughs> just like, you son of a bitch! It's his favorite English phrase when he's fighting. The other thing about Hase, and I mentioned it on Twitter, is this guy, when he discovered he could grow a sweet mustache, never turned back. And then oh. later he got into politics, and I think he shaved it off. But before then, goodness gracious, the, the mullet and the mustache. I was going to say, such this, a entire, wrestling look, dude. this entire aesthetic, man, like between that beautiful, it's like a silken mullet, you know? Mm-hmm. And then like, like Hogan's hair. Yeah, but like if, if you had the, maybe for, out of like a, a shampoo commercial, it's like this is some glistening, beautiful hair that he's got with this mullet and then just like this sweet mustache and he's just got this like piercing stare as well man how is this man not not world champion forever i don't know he he actually never won the iwgp heavyweight strap if you believe that that's that's wild uh right before that spot the belly to belly there's actually when you're the headbutts you're talking about mm. and vader laid him out with that lariat i love oh. that bam bam was on the apron he just goes yeah <laughs> <laughs> Correct me up. there was quite a few bits throughout this match between like vader and bam bam like amping each other up verbally that i was just like this do you know? This, I think this might have actually been the first ever Vader Bam Bam tag match that I've actually like properly sat down and watched as well. And I was just like, "This is just the perfect tag team." I yeah, love it. It's awesome. They're, it's what's the best about it is my two favorite big men. I'd have to say Bam Bam is number one, but Vader is definitely a close second. I, I know most people would probably go Vader first because he was a multiple time world champion, but I just love Bam Bam's whole vibe. He's fucking rad as shit. Uh, there, there. When Bam Bam uh, was in the ring with Mudo later, they did a. It might have been with Vader, but they did a, the typical spot, you know, where the guy does the leapfrog over, and then you normally would think they would go bounce off the ropes again and come back, but this time Mudo did the leapfrog, stopped, turned around, and just kicked Bam Bam with one of those Xbox kicks, like right in the mush. Oh, so good! I love when you subvert expectations. Like nowadays. Anytime somebody does a leapfrog, they continue running. No one stops and turns around to attack the guy. Uh, it, it seems so logical. Does it just, is the leapfrog keep going just the cliche that you have to put into your matches now? I mean, I feel like it's a lot smarter to just, you know what? Let's let's not go with this. Let's subvert your expectations here <laughs> and let's hit a fucking sweet soul butt. Um <laughs> We used to call them TNA kicks back in the day because they yeah, were yeah. used as such a frequent like TNA transition move. But this was so sick, and I, in that moment, I was just like, "Man, Muto's like whole offensive repertoire at this point was just so cool, like just so I flashy called... and so great." Was this before he ever went to America? This is after. Or, after okay, no, that's why it makes sense with the fucking mask. I. I know the timeline. I'm just dumb right now. Uh, but the reason I called Xbox, hey, you're, you're hooped up on some pain, pain. Pills I'm all right painkiller now. My friend. It's when it's because Xbox always used to do that one into the corner, but mm. not like the standard TNA where it's like short right to the gut. He would jump mm. up and catch you in the face. Yeah. Uh, Sean was actually talking recently. Said he's ready to go at any moment. The only move he can't do is that one. 
<laughs> oh man, that's such a cool one. Yeah, but oh, yeah, love, love me some way more effective than just you know bouncing off the ropes and coming back and then trying to avoid the clothesline that's clearly going to be coming your way. Yeah, exactly. And and shortly before this, did you notice this was the first? There was quite a few moments through this match where I was like, like this is going to be mutual bam bam appreciation society here. I hope everyone's ready. But yeah. like there was some things that Bam Bam did in this match to where I like forgot how awesome he was at these things. And the first thing that I really noticed outside of that amazing like flippy floppy splash was just one of the best vertical suplexes I've ever seen in my life. He just got yep. him up like so high and so fast and like hit it with like such dynamism. I was just like how have I not noticed this before? He also does, like, another suplex, like, later in the match that's, like, a real, like, proper, um, almost, like, a bit more of an amateur wrestling kind of one where he, like, does, um, that sort of turns with it as well. But, mm -hmm. man, I did not think Bam Bam Bigelow did such sick suplexes. And apparently, because I never heard about Bam Bam hurting anyone particularly bad he must be incredibly gentle and light and with his the how big he is everything looks so fucking awesome so yeah big ups to bammer i love it this point they're basically just hitting so many big moves as well might i just add that in there like they yeah. get to work in the heat and it's like you expect certain tropes from like the heat of a match right where it's just like oh yeah a bunch of headlocks whatever take care of the dudes some stomps don't really fuck them up too bad there are, like, massive finishes going on left, right, and, like, big clotheslines, big splashes, big sick DDTs, like, big ass, man. <laughs> multiple big-ass fucking power bombs, like, gnarly ones. <laughs> one one of them, or Vader drops, I think it was Muda, right on his shoulder. It was so nasty. Uh, the the oh, very aw awesome Vader spot I liked at the one point in the match, he has Hase in his hand. And he's like reaching his other fist <laughs> to the sky and coming all the way down on the bridge of his nose repeatedly. But that just got Hase all fired up and he just started slapping the shit out of Vader. And then Vader just clotheslined him again and killed him. It's like such an awesome sequence that showed like the best parts of both guys. Dude. You know what I mean? Dude, that was officially my favorite part of the match. And I know I, I so did good. the you know the illustration of the, the double team move, but in turn and I think I did that because it more captured more of the, the dudes and it was just a really cool, like just iconic kind of image. But in terms of like best moment of the match, it was this. And the fact that it's like it's so premeditated and you can see it all coming as well. Like between the bit where he's like got Hase by the arm on the mat. And he just looks him in the eyes. And then he slowly, like you're saying, just raises up that fist. Hase's just looking him in the eye, looking at that fist yeah. going up. He, like, holds that <laughs> fist up, looks in the camera, looks at Hase, and then just starts punching him so fucking hard in the fucking mouth. Each time reaching <laughs> oh, all the way back over. up to this guy. <laughs> so good. And, like, Hase looks in so much pain taking these because I'm sure they... They're a fucking bitch to take. No. Seeing Hase's reaction, he takes like three or four. He has those big ass gloves on, which aren't gonna. I don't think it's helping much. Oh my gosh, no! If anything, they probably make them hurt more because Vader can punch him harder without fucking up his knuckles. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, man. 
Then when when Hase like you're saying like bows up out of it like he just kind of he takes like I don't know three or four like enough and then he's enough. Just, fuck this <laughs> yeah pops up throws him off just starts nailing him with these epic slaps this is the moment where I was like dude this is a fucking war this is like everything that I love about professional wrestling summed Hell up yes. right here I got fired up man <laughs> <laughs> so did I. And that was sort of the magic of this match, if you like talking about the whole thing. I think the heart of this match to me, as much as obviously Bam Bam does some rad shit, Muto also later on, you know, does some some really cool stuff too. And um but I think the heart of this match is this like underdog war with between um Hase and Vader. And it sort of like repeats itself a few times. Uh but man, I I can't say enough good things about this, hey. For sure. Uh, the moment that you actually ended up drawing comes up here pretty quick. And for the fans who are just listening to this, maybe have not looked at the drawing yet, it's, uh, Vader is climbing to the top rope. Bam Bam has Hase with his arms behind his back, and Vader's looking to fly and to squish him right in between him and Bam Bam. And I thought Bam Bam was just going to keep holding him, and he was just going to let him run into him like they do for their finish thing but now he kind of stepped to the side so yeah it was obliterated him nonetheless i just thought this was like the coolest double team move i've ever seen like it was just between how simple it was of just him holding the dude and we're almost so conditioned with um our uh our wrestling these days to where you see something like that of the guy you know, holding the opponent and then the other guy takes a while to set it up or whatever, you're like, oh, be he's definitely moving out of the way and he's going to be hitting, yep. like, the opponent. Yeah, reverse. No. He just, like, fucking holds him up and then he just collects him with just this, like, massive splash. Like, off the actual top rope as well, I noticed. Like, yep. you'd imagine that match, that moment, like, oh, yeah, he could do that off the off the second rope that would be just about the same but probably protecting everyone involved a little bit more <laughs> no go the whole fucking hog yep yep <laughs> and just, uh one of my favorite the, versions of the, those type oh. of spots is uh remember back in the day i think it was scott steiner was holding somebody and the giant jumps off the ropes and delivers a drop kick but the guy moves out of the way so he drops kicks the shit out of steiner i'm like even if he had not moved out of the way, that would have fucked up Steiner and that guy. Like, what the fuck are you thinking? Giant with a dropkick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just, yeah, this moment was so sick. It's like Vader is almost like one of those giant um, airplanes, just like just like closing out the the sky with just his sheer girth coming off the top and the crowd is like eating this up as well and oh man yeah there was the as soon as i saw this i was like yup this is most definitely the moment that i have to to illustrate yeah the shot looks so much different than the rest of the match too like the way the way the shot is structured and there's so much because it's kind of shooting up and they've got so much black from the audience and the and the ceiling area yeah it's really really striking good contrast yeah thanks man and um yeah the, the color thing was kind of um a thing that I played with for a little bit and then i sort of committed to just like creating this whole like really hot warm kind of um thing with the the pink or um or 
Salmon. Yeah, yeah, salmon. I love love my my salmon uh, kind of color combos. I like to say salmon because it's obnoxious. <laughs> you get, I'm I'm a big fan of sounding out silent letters. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> Just let everyone know there is an L in there in case you in case you forgot. Yep. <laughs> but yeah, this was again like an example of like this. It was a sick double team, man. And it wasn't like it took place like during the finishing sequence. Like, this was basically just another big ridiculous move that they hit during the heat. Of like, just another thing that he looked like he fucking obliterates the dude. Like, can you imagine taking that? Like, a dude of Vader's size, just giving you, like, a full-on, like, body block off the top rope, and you're just no. taking it? No, thank you. <laughs> That's one of the ones where, like, I'm like, can we think of a different idea? <laughs> There were so many moments during this match to where I was like, man, I think so many other people would have had any of this suggested to them. And they would have been like, yeah, nah, I'm, yeah. Uh, I'm actually good for not wanting you to do that. But, yeah. man, props to Hase and Muto for just being like, we're just going to take it all. Yeah, we're badasses. Uh, you were talking about Bam Bam's suplexes. This is right after the moment that you drew Bam Bam did that beautiful butterfly backbreaker where he oh. just perfectly gets him over and then it looks so gnarly on the landing. I'm like, ooh, that that one probably hurt a bit. That was lovely. Hey, that reminded hmm. me of um, like Jericho used to do ones a little bit like that back in um, in the 90s WCW. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, but yeah, it was sort of like another one of those Bam Bam moves to where I... I don't remember seeing him do them that much in like watching his, his more well known stuff in um ECW and um in WWF back in the day. So super cool. Do you catch the spot where uh the big bad dangerous fellas were beaten up on Hase and Muda runs in to break up the double time double team, but he stops like three quarters away across the ring and stands there until the referee turns around and tells him to go away? Did you get that? <laughs> I didn't, but that's great. It what was so gentleman. funny. He looked like he was going to come in and break up. He just stops, and the referee's like, hey, go back. And he's like, okay. I'm not going to argue with the referee. He has uh, he has some, some my respect. I, I, I liked it. I liked it. The the other thing that I noticed when um, Vader was getting his, his offense on during this point in the match was just... I don't know if this stood out to you, but seeing Vader just hit people real hard where you don't generally see people hit people in a wrestling ring. That's one of the best things he's good at. You know, he just randomly just boom, 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 boom. <laughs> like rapid fire all over your fucking body. There was a bit where he like lifted, um, I don't know if it was Muto or Hase, his arm up. And then just like hit him real fucking hard in the solar plexus. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like that looks like it hurts so much and and i just honestly respected how unnecessary it was he's a mean mean man uh there was a sequence that featured hase being a badass again where he was doing a series of lariats but he was like doing the the wind up with your arm before he ran at bam bam oh. and he could he couldn't get bam bam off his feet uh, he got Bam Bam reeling where Bam Bam hit the ropes after like I think two or three of these, and then Bam Bam comes back and lariats the hell out of uh, Hase. Did you hear how bad the crowd booed after that happened? Like they weren't booing very much, but after that happened, they're like, "Boo! I we really wanted Hase to whoop you." It's caused 
Hase did such a great job with that. I call it like the the chopping down the tree, you know, the chopping down the redwood kind of kind of moment where he's like yeah. coming off with these clotheslines over and over again, each one stumbling him a little bit more, like just and again with the winding up with them, like that is just fucking pro wrestling as fuck to me. Um, For sure. Just the if you you want to nail like the magic of what professional wrestling is, that is it right there. And then the subverting their expectations of him like taking the the line at the end, so good. But the crowd was like, just weren't they they going like up and up and up through this? Like some of these yeah. crowd reactions, especially towards the end, were just amazing. Like you'd hear them and you're like, Oof. it was a bit uh, particularly where. Um, I can't remember what it was, but um, he there was such a, a, a um, what's the word like a, a, a stomping kind of from the the crowd like you could you could hear the stomping through the the stands. Um, oh yeah, that was it. That was it. It was like a um, this really great backslide near fall that Mudo um, catches him in. And then mm-hmm. everyone thought it was going to be the finish, and they just kicked out. And then yeah, this this like vociferous reaction, man. That they went totally bonkers. Doesn't get better than this. After that, uh, the whole lariat spot where Bam Bam got the better of Hase, eventually got the tag to Muda, and they exploded on that hot tag. Like, yeah, they they were all in. Some of these like one of the false finishes, they like bit on it so hard and it was amazing because i totally was like oh that could have been the finish i had no idea how this match or what the outcome of this match was so the whole time i was like oh shit oh shit so yeah the, the this fans actually contributed quite a bit to the of and as, as he should the overall energy to the match itself oh, absolutely. nowadays like people are so c- conditioned to just like making their own noise the entire time that you don't get to appreciate the ups and downs yeah it was like and and I think I've, I've even said this before in the podcast. Sometimes you watch current wrestling, and it's like the crowd just like is there with like trying to do their their you know chance where it's like oh this is the bit where we do this chant or like they're, mm-hmm. they're trying to like you know get themselves over or all that kind of stuff. Yep. Whereas like this was just so much more of a organic crowd reaction to where you just like this crowd just really fucking wanted their guys to win so bad against these, like, big, gigantic American monsters. And it was just, like, so simple but so beautiful. And it also helped so much that Bam Bam and especially Vader were beating the fucking shit out of them so badly. And it's just, like, man, there's something that I, I think needs to be said about professional wrestling being so much better when it looks like it really hurts. Was, I 100% is. That was the biggest thing to me in this. 100%. And unfortunately, sometimes it really hurt because it was, for the most part, outside of everyone knowing what's going to happen, it was pretty much real. Like, there was no pulling of these power bombs. Like, Vader, when he is doing a punch to a guy's face, he may be pulling it slightly, but not much. Uh, but yeah, the, uh, one of the moments that I loved is kind of showing how the uh, announcers view these two big monsters. Vader goes to tag Bam Bam mm. out and he goes, Come on, baby. And then the announcer says, Oh, come on, baby. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then he, I, I'm sorry for my terrible accent, but it just so I love when the English pops out where they do. And like he didn't have to recapture that he just said, Come on, baby, to Bam Bam. <laughs> 
It was adorable. I noticed that. I actually had to pull it back. I like I I rewound it because I'm like, did he just say come on baby too? And I rewound it. He fucking did. Uh there's also another (laughs) right here close to this after Bam got tagged in, he ended up doing a flying headbutt. And I got to put over Bam Bam selling the flying headbutt himself. Mm-hmm. The Yeah, he's like grabbing his face. He looked like he's all disoriented. Took him a while to go over to get the pin. When the pinfall uh, is broken up, he's still holding on to his face and selling how bad his head hurts. Yeah, that was fucking tremendous. No, oh, I had a note about that as well. Um, but yeah, the commitment to, to selling it, so sick. And then that, that um, Enziguri, I'm always awestruck by how great Vader hit that, that does- Enziguri for a dude of his size. You mean Bam Bam? Yeah. Oh, sorry. That's Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hundred percent. He just. Yeah, yeah. His. It's like he throws his entire left or his entire side up and over and kicks him. It's. It's fucking great. Uh, the other thing you mentioned earlier about those like power bombs of death, but yeah, there was one of these like going into this this finishing sequence where Vader hits one of the most fucking brutal like eighties. Sid Vicious esque power bombs on Muto that I've ever seen. He just fucking crumples him, dude. Like he right had, onto his shoulder. I do not That's know. what I was talking about earlier. Yeah. <laughs> Nasty. And that Nasty. ring as well, like you were saying, that ring did not move an inch from the impact of this. This was one of the most badass power bombs I've ever seen in my life and i think that's all the reason why it's like the the crowd was like so fucking up at this point because like he hit that and then muto like kicked out of it oh man and then the next thing i had a note about was the um the again hase with this super superhuman um like suplexing strength where he gets Vader up with the and, and hits the, the his big signature Uranage on him um, and then Muto straight away into like one of the most perfect beautiful moonsaults that you will ever see I don't I still don't think anyone has hit a moonsault quite as, as perfectly as Muto did during this period but again like such a bloody great near fall and the crowd has just gone rabid at this point Yep, that's the false I was talking about that they totally bit on. Like they, they, and I both thought it would be it was over because that was such a great combination finisher. That Uranagi, he just wrenches him up and turns around and plants him, and then as you said, just picture perfect insult. Uh, I also Bam Bam uh, followed up with his own moonsault, which is a beauty. Yes, and then Bader with the splash. What a beauty. And the last oh. second save by Muda. This is another falsy that the fans lost their shit for when B- Muda got over there. Like, it was great. The, the, honestly, the oh, finishing man. sequence of this match was awesome. And the fans were a part of it the entire time. Oh, for sure. Like, that Vader splash. I don't, I don't, again, I don't think I've seen anyone do just like a standing splash to a laid out opponent. Like, with the level of, like, impact and awesomeness that, that Vader did. So damn good. And, yeah, it was such a great near fall. Well, I don't even know, think I've ever seen Bam Bam do that flipping senton. I don't... I can't recall. Like, it's the front forward little tight one. Like, he should not be able mm. to do that. Yeah. And I don't know whether that was maybe a signature thing of their tag team. 
Like this yeah. was sort of where you're like they they kind of had some coordinated offense kind of deal. So it might have been part of that. But I thought that was so awesome. And then man, the the actual finish. I thought like of all the stuff that was like I was I was fooled because I was the same as you. I didn't know actually who went over from this one, which is kind of magical, you know. Hang on one second. Before you describe the finish, I want to just put over one moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- yeah, this yeah. is right before the finish. Bam Bam runs in to break up a near fall, and he like flings his body over there s- with so much force that he almost falls over and has to catch himself from falling down on the top rope. <laughs> and what I love most about this is because we knowing now that the finish like literally happens a few seconds later, he didn't need to put that much effort into breaking up that pinfall attempt when the finish was coming. <laughs> like, but he did anyway, cause he's fucking bam, bam. And he, he you know, you don't, you don't fuck around. Love it. Love it. Um, but yeah, the, the fucking, I don't know if it's the simplicity of it or just the two big dudes, like just so the finish is, both of them just doing this running best way I can describe it of is like a running double big man body squish <laughs> they both sandwich their opponent yeah, from, from opposite corners yeah, it looked so badass it was amazing and then Vader hitting I feel like I'm saying this a large degree to it throughout this match in this episode but just the best Choke slam that I have ever seen in my life that looked like I, I actually described it so, as a choke so bomb. I called it a choke bomb because the way <laughs> yeah. that he didn't land on his back, he landed high on his shoulders like you would with a power bomb. Yeah, choke bomb, motherfucker. That is how it is done, man. If any, anyone <laughs> wants to wants to bring that one back and probably have all of your opponents fucking hate you, please, <laughs> no. please be my guest. No thanks, friend. <laughs> What's your finish? No. <laughs> oh, but yeah, I just as as much as I've been raving for this whole uh, thing, I still don't think I can quite put into words how much. I love this match. It was just everything that I love about professional wrestling. This tag team was just one of the greatest, like, big... I, I honestly think this duo of um, Bam Bam and Vader is, like, far better than, like, the best I've ever seen of, like, the Road Warriors or any of these other really, like, famous big man tag teams. What do you Fuck think? Yeah. I I have hard... I'm hard pressed to put anyone above them. Um, they're again my two favorite big men. Um, they're badass. They're legit main eventers. I know Bam Bam never won a world title in WWE or WWE, but whatever. Uh, dude, and the name Big Bad Dangerous. Fucking hey, come on. Somebody, I think it was Cobra Clutch Club, put out a Big Bad Dangerous shirt, and I scooped it up like thirteen dollars for the greatest tag team ever. Give it to me. Oh, nice. Give it to me, man. Cobra Clutch Club does some some great shit. And and the the biggest most criminal part about this with this tag team that we're talking about, Big Bad and Dangerous. Yeah. They were not together for very long. They were like legit most of their stuff was just between 91 and 92 and then they they never tagged again. That was pretty well. Well, they realized that, that it's it's too much for the other guys, you know, they got to give everyone else a chance. When you know that you would decimate all your opponents, what really is there left to do, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> or maybe, maybe 90, but... I mean, one of the... I Before I watched this match, 
I actually watched... Did you know there was a singles match between Vader and uh, and Bam Bam before they formed a tag team? I was, because I've New seen uh, GIFs of it, yes, but I've never watched it. I've definitely seen GIFs. I watched it because um, I was originally like, oh, man, Vader versus Bam Bam. Perhaps this could be the, the match of the week, you know, because I was just like watching all these great matches that I could find of this kind of era. And it had it did have some great stuff, I'll say that. Um, but overall, it wasn't nearly as good a match. And, like, I think there's something about their chemistry that they had as a tag team didn't quite um, traverse wrestling one another, if that makes sense. Um, and then the other thing was, I think, Bam Bam, in this was like 89, 88, 89, that kind of era. I think Bam Bam was a lot more green. Before he went back to WWE? Yeah, I think this was um, like watching him fast forward from, you know, 88, 89 through to 92. And you're like, man, this guy's gotten so, so much better. But the funniest part about that match, actually, when I when I think about it, was there was a bit in it where, because um, the, the actual referee of that match is Antonio Inoki. Oh, shit. So I think they were like, you know, building up a, a thing with um, one of them wrestling Inoki or both of them wrestling Inoki or something after this one happened. And there was a great bit where um, uh, they they're actually were doing like some, some wrestling, like some wrestling holds and stuff through the match. I don't know whether they were like trying to impress Inoki kind of thing through this. So they're actually like working some holds mm-hmm. and shit. And um, and Bam Bam has like Vader in like a, a arm, some sort of arm submission. And Bam Bam like reaches towards the ropes to like break the submission. And then Anoki just tells him like, no, don't get the ropes. Get out of, break out of the move kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> tells him, you know, be... Show me some fucking wrestling, you bitch. That is awesome. <laughs> and then wait, it gets yeah. even better. <laughs> and then Vader looks at him and then just punches Bam Bam so hard in the eye. <laughs> Wait, no, what, you said Bam Bam looks at him and punches himself in the eye? No, no, so Vader, pun- like, to get out of this submission, you, oh, sorry, you said yeah, Bam yeah, Bam so again. to get yeah. out of this submission, as per Anoki's, um, you know, suggestion, he's like, all right, fine, just punches Bam Bam real hard in the face. <laughs> and then Bam Bam looks, Pretty straightforward. Bam Bam looks at Anoki afterwards, like, what the fuck, man? <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking great. So that was the highlight of that one. Oh, speaking of Anoki, fucking, uh, I just saw a picture today of uh, Shibata is helping training Anoki's oh. grandson. So Anokiism oh, lives on. Damn, that'll be interesting. I heard mm. um, some rumors swirling because um, Nakajima is currently doing a bit of like carrying the spirit of Anoki in all Japan at the moment. And there was some, some talk of. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know whether it was just someone joking or whether it's actually murmurs of uh, Anoki's son potentially coming in to do like a heel manager kind of shtick in all Japan or something. I don't know. We'll see. Interesting. But man. Did you watch the Nakajima and Charlie Dempsey match? I saw bits of it. It, it sounded it sick. I haven't dope. got my way around to watching yet. I was planning on um, getting to it this week, but there's honestly been so much great wrestling going on lately, man. I, um, I haven't even watched uh, Wrestle Kingdom yet. Um, that was the other one I was like mainly looking to check out because of how great I heard um, Danielson versus Okada was. Um, but yeah, that that um, Dempsey Nakajima match sounded fantastic, um, and 
coming off the heels of like that that last uh, match of the week that we we had with that amazing match between Nakajima and um, Kento Miyahara, I'm just like, man, how does someone just turn it around and have so many great matches in such a short period of time? Nakajima is on a tear, dude. Yeah, yeah. I hope somebody gets him at least. I wish AEW would get him over to stateside for a little bit, maybe just a little jaunt in AEW. Well, That'd be pretty he's, rad. Uh, talking about it's, they've got that sort of um, deal uh, between NXT and All Japan at the moment, where Nakajima was talking about uh, defending yeah. the Triple Crown in NXT, which I could not think of a worse thing to happen for all concerned. I saw that. <laughs> yeah, I was like, that'd be so weird. Like, it'd be more interesting if it was against like nakamura uh on the main level or something but yeah i just think nakajima's got that untangible charisma and he's also like tremendous like you could just look at the guy he didn't need to say a word and you're like that guy's a bad motherfucker and he's cool as hell yeah and he's been so great for so long like i honestly remember watching nakajima like in roh like you know og roh back in the day in like 2008 um, similar like time he was having just fucking banger after banger in in um, old Japan and uh, and Noah like he's been fantastic forever and he somehow keeps getting even better. I just love that dude for sure. So hey, uh, how much money do you want for the actual original? Do you have like this done on or did you all do it all digital? What what's that all for the the print? The, yeah, the print. Oh yeah. Have you actually? Yeah, we'll be. How could I maybe talk you into uh, sending that my way? Maybe a little exchange of money. Uh, I don't know. Maybe some logo work. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, dude. Yeah, we could we could definitely do that. Um, yeah, I've got uh, for for everyone out there who who may be uh, similarly uh, invigorated by by this uh, match of the week illustration. I have it available to to purchase uh, prints on my website at christhings.com.au. Um, so everyone can check that out. Um, by ranging from the uh, HQ uh, basic prints that, that get um, printed up uh, stateside um, varying up to the, the more uh, deluxe ones that I get printed up over here on fancy thick textured uh, stock uh, archival print all that kind of stuff um, and then I send that over, those over myself so I'll uh, you know hand sign it and um, you know include a little little bonus in there for years uh you know, maybe chuck in a little little chris thing zine action going on as well um Ooh. but yeah i mean another thing with these matches of the weeks uh i, I do uh, every now and then have uh, people who are so interested in it more so than than wanting the print they, they actually want the original drawing um so with all of these i um I know a lot of people sort of do their, their stuff starting out, you know, in the computer on their Wacom tablet or whatever. Um, but for me, I, I don't know. For, I think it might just be my sort of a stylistic thing or the way, you know, I, I kind of do it. I have to do it on paper, at least for the initial kind of drawing. So I always do like a, an initial, you know, pen on paper kind of drawing. And then I'll scan it in and, and color it digitally and all of that. But I do have some people every now and then who are like, "Dog, I want the I want the original, you know, drawing uh, that I did for it." So um, yeah, on a case by case basis, if anyone ever is after those, hit me up. Um, That's what I was talking about. Yeah, yeah. Well, same, same. <laughs> so I would I would uh, be, be very tickled for my my dear friend Jeremy to to have that one. So we'll work that oh, out. Oh yeah. Lovely. But thank you so much for, for just 
raving about this match with me for an hour, man. No problem, buddy. <laughs> I honestly, I watch wrestling so much, but the only time I ever really, really pay attention enough to, uh, you know, wax philosophically or actually go over the match beat by beat is when I am doing the podcast with oh, you. So, yes, it was a joy. Oh, that's cool to hear, man. I, I, I would say the same. Like, I try to watch stuff closely as i can when i'm just watching it for my own kind of joy but there's something else mm-hmm. that that makes you watch stuff a little bit closer and especially when i'm like doing a rewatch like i did um today of uh of a match it like i don't know it's so cool like seeing all those little details that you might have missed otherwise and especially when two people have decided this moment is a small moment, but it's so important that we have written it down our notes to discuss together. <laughs> and the funny thing is, so most of these moments that we talked about, um, we did not compare notes before we did this show, but we had almost no. the same moments, basically, as the ones we had written yeah. down. <laughs> yeah, we like similar things in our wrestling, friend. I, I maybe get a little bit goofier, uh, and you're a little bit more traditional for the most part, but uh, I, I respect the traditional wrestling as well. I And I, you know, likewise, I like a bit of, I like a bit of gaga from, from time to time as well. It doesn't all have to be, have to be serious. I, uh... I was a big fan of, um, you know, like a lot of Shikara, uh, big, big fan of um, like Orange Cassidy, uh, pretty much everything I see him do. Um, I remember watching, did you ever watch in Osaka Pro back in the day, those um, Ebisan versus Kushimbo Kamen matches? I have never actually watched, but I have seen, uh, you know, gifts of Ebison, but no, I have. Or what's his other Kikataro? Is that the similar guy? Or is it, it's the same name? Yeah, yeah. I think same that guy. Was when he left Osaka yeah. Pro and he couldn't use the Ebison yeah, gimmick yeah. anymore. But yeah, 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 yeah. Hilarious. Um, uh, that's that's another different level of comedy. Like, uh, what was that demon character from Sendai? That chick. I forget her name. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, the Sendai girls. <laughs> yeah, that, that, again. You got to have both. That's what's awesome about wrestling. It can be equally intense and, you know, super, super serious. But at the same time, when it's really, really silly, it can be really, really funny. Yeah. And in some ways, like it sort of, I think it works great, especially when you're filling out a card and, you know, you got earlier stuff in the show where you want a bit of brevity in there. So then it like works as like even more contrast for when you have a match where people are just going out and beating the fuck out of one another, you know? For sure. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that, that's been our episode for the week. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. I'll uh, I'll chuck a little little plug skis in there. Big thank you to Social Suplex for, for keeping the lights on, for keeping this podcast going, for giving me the opportunity to do this cool thing. Check out socialsuplex.com. Uh, a whole bunch of other Rad Wrestling podcasts on there, uh, especially Keeping It Strong Style. Uh, we got the, the AEW one, One Nation Radio, a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, but then also, do you have some plugs, my friend? I can do some plug skis. Uh, you can follow me on all varieties of social media uh, at James Vanderbeek for the most part. Um, if you want to hit me up on Facebook, I'm Jeremy Tate. If you're not too weird, I might might indulge and let you be my friend. Uh, but I'm also part of a 
monthly wrestling company and we're on iwtv it's sos pro wrestling uh i do commentary with my pal cody von whistler our most recent show point break is up there right now for your enjoyment so give it a listen let me know what you think lovely i uh, might i say on that i uh, saw some uh, pictures that you uh, shared of uh, said show recently um and my gosh that whole vibe that you described last time of the kind of like um island wrestling kind of thing it just looked like such a fun time everyone in the crowd looked like they're having so much fun dude we were sold out and everyone's having a good time most of the people are not necessarily wrestling fans they're just like sos and everyone plays along they know their part they we do call and response off of the PA for some of the jokes. It's just a tremendous good time. And it's all from kind of spawned from that company. I used to go see three, two, one back in the day. So it's got that same weird wrestling vibe and I've never happier or smiling more than I am when I'm at these events. It's the best. Oh, amazing. Will you have uh, a chance to, to rest up from your, uh, your dental, um thingies before your next uh, commitment sir yep i only am hung up mouthwise for two weeks so in two weeks i'll be back to smoking weed and we got a show next month uh, i believe it's called cruel intentions on february the 9th so if you want to you can watch us live on iwtv Woo! oh man cruel intentions that, that gives me a throwback to uh i don't remember uh, a movie titled that gave me many a boner back in the day as a oh as Sarah Michelle Geller and, and Ryan Phillippe yeah. yes indeed Ryan Phillippe actually follows me on Twitter weirdly enough the real guy wow. apparently he likes wrestling what what a tie-in huh wow, there we go <laughs> <laughs> That is it. That's tremendous. I, uh, I'll, I'll also chuck to, to my own uh, plug skis of my socials. Follow me at Chris Things on the, the Instagram and the Twitter. Uh, Instagram, you can see all my, my art stuff. That's where I sort of put, put most of it up. So uh, various things ranging from, uh, you know, your more wrestling-centric thing, uh, Match of the Week and, and such, to, uh, you know, like Big Lebowski artworks, another cult of ephemera. Oh, yeah, that one's oh, Thanks, man. I, I love Big Lebowski so much like i think i just will always make art of uh, of the dude um and all of the moments of, of that movie um but uh yeah keeping it i think I'm, I'm trying to walk the line of dabbling between you know a bit of your um a bit of your your, your wrestling while also you know getting another, a bit of other culty goodness going on so we'll see how things develop but don't worry, you'll definitely get your, your wrestling share there. Um, Twitter's best. You'll hear all the updates about this show um, and uh, some other cool things going on. Um, and then lastly, as I said earlier, christhings.com.au, where you can buy, you, you can go and buy all these things. You can buy originals, uh, bloody bloody calendar, uh, mug, uh, what have yous, all of the things. So check that, all that. But uh, lastly, thank you so much for listening, guys. Appreciate your, your attention here um and uh yeah it's just just such a nice thing the idea that that you're listening to this show and then honestly the best feedback that i've gotten about this show is people listen to it and then they tell me that it makes them want to create art and like you know get back into drawing wrestling and stuff like that 
Um, and I think that is that is just the, the best feedback I possibly could get and the, the greatest intention of what this show is. It's basically just in, in you know, trying to wake that, that thing up in, in other people and uh, for us all to have a good time making art together. So, yeah, if, if you have a friend that you think might, might dig this wrestling art thing, uh, tell them, you know, share it, leave a review, subscribe, all that good stuff. But, uh, yeah, thanks, guys. Appreciate it. I think that's, think that's about it. <laughs> thanks, man. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Was, uh, was, it's always weird how to end these things. Yeah, I was working up to some sort of ending, but uh, no, it just sort of petered out. Good afternoon, good evening, and good night. <laughs> <laughs>